Hello and welcome to our online service today. My name is Julie Rudd and I'm a member at Brighton Road Baptist Church. As we welcome the springtime and we see all around us the wonder of God's creation, we see many annual events happening. The daffodils spring into flower, the camellias burst with colour and the trees are budding with the promise of abundant green leaves to come. Without realising it, we're caught in the annual rhythm of nature with its anniversaries of season and creation. I wonder, are you someone who marks day-to-day -day life with anniversaries? As followers of Jesus, many of us mark the time in our lives when we first acknowledge Jesus as King. And that's for all of us a very special day to remember. I remember clearly at the age of 15 when I was in a very special celebration service in the capital in London of the first time that I was really aware of God in my life. I remember clearly in my mind, everyone around me, the scene, I even remember the words of the song that was being sung. This week has been the anniversary of lockdown. It was the 16th of March, 2020, when the Prime Minister spoke to us and asked us to adopt a new regime to help in the fight against coronavirus. And what this means is it's one year ago today since we broadcast our first online service. One full year of meeting together in this new way, gathering around our TV screens or our iPads on a Sunday morning to worship 
physically apart, but spiritually together. We've been blessed because we've had both our regular congregation members and members of our wider church family who, because it's online, can join us from near and from far. It seems very appropriate as we mark today that we actually say thank you to all of those who've contributed, be they on screen or behind the scenes with the enormous job of the technical work that comes together. I'm sure for many of us, these services have been a true encouragement and a real blessing in a difficult time. And so as we think about this, I think the text for today's service is so appropriate. It comes from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27. Stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. I hope for you the online services have been an expression of us as a community standing together as one, providing a means for us to connect and encourage one another when it's not been possible to meet together. And so let us join together this morning as we sing a true hymn of encouragement and praise both individually but collectively as God's community. Let us sing, oh for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise.
let me lead you in a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness and your blessings over us. Thank you that you are able to bring hope even in the toughest of times, strengthening us for your purposes. Thank you for your great love and care, your mercy and grace. Thank you that you are always with us and will never leave us. And thank you for the incredible sacrifice so that we might have freedom and life. Forgive us when we don't thank you enough for who you are and for all that you do and for all that you have given. Help us to set our eyes and our hearts on you afresh. Renew our spirits. Fill us with your peace and your joy. We love you and we need you this and every day. We give you praise and thanks for you alone are worthy. Amen. Psalm 122, a song of David. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. This is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity.
Philippians 1, verses 27 to 30. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you, or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we dare to come to you, not by any virtue of our own, but only in the power of the Holy Spirit, through the grace towards us of our Lord Jesus Christ, who through his suffering and death has won for us salvation and reconciliation. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come to you confessing that even this past week we have missed opportunities to love one another, failed to live in unity and supportive of, of others, of your creation. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, this past year has been difficult for us, and you know that we long the support and encouragement of each other as in fellowship of worship. To you, our Father, Jesus, our Saviour, Brother and Lord, and the Holy Spirit to whom we look for faithfulness and strength. We whom you have brought through this trial, thank you and pray that you will soon restore to us the joy of living in close society and fellowship, in life and worship with our brethren and kin. Lord, we pray for your healing touch on those who bear the damage of loneliness. Father, we pray for restoration to our young people for whom this, whom this locust year has denied the growth and social development of much of the past year's schooling and education. Lord, restore to them your blessing and your overflow in overflowing, we pray. Lord, we pray for those who are bearing a disproportionate share of the damage done to the economy. Make us all alert to their needs and generous in our response and guide our government that justice may be given in large measure. Lord, we pray for those places where the virus has been faced against a background of warfare and destruction. Father, we long for peace and justice, especially for Yemen and Syria. Lord, we pray your power over all who are instrumental in the production and distribution of the vaccine, that it may be available to all in need soon and widely. Lord, we pray that the experiences of this past year may lead your people and the whole of your creation to a closer fellowship with you, the source of all creation. Lord, come and claim your throne and restore your creation to the perfection you willed when you saw in the beginning that it was very good. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. 
As I was preparing for this service and pondering the text from Philippines chapter 1, calling us to stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, I was prompted to look again at the materials which were available to us when we celebrated the week of prayer for Christian unity in January this year because this had the theme, unity in Christ. We were reminded then, and it's so appropriate now, that the path of unity begins with our relationship with God. Abiding in God's love strengthens the desire to seek unity and reconciliation with others. And so let me share with you a simple meditation prepared for that week of Christian unity, which encourages us to stand firm together and expresses beautifully a desire for unity and equality. God of life, you call us to praise in the midst of the world and to welcome one another as a gift of your grace. May your loving gaze, which rests upon each person, open us to receive each other just as we are. God of life, you have created every human being in your image and likeness. We sing your praise for the gift of our many cultures, expressions of faith, traditions and ethnicities. Grant us courage to always stand against injustice and hatred based on race, class, gender, religion and fear of those not like ourselves. Merciful God, you have shown us in Christ that we are one in you. Teach us to use this gift in the world so that believers of all faiths in every country may be able to listen to each other and live in peace. O oh Jesus, you came to the world and shared fully in humanity. You know the hardships of life for people and suffer in many different ways. And so, Lord, we ask, may the spirit of compassion move us to share our time, our life and our goods with those in need. Amen. Before David brings God's word to us, let us sing the song Beauty for Brokenness, written by Graham Kendrick. This echoes the themes of this meditation and asks God in his grace to grow our compassion for those around us. Thank you. 
Today is Census Day, and we've all been asked questions about our age, ethnicity, religion, education, health, housing, gender identity, and sexual orientation. It reminds me how just over a year ago, before the first lockdown, we were studying verses in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and we took opportunity to consider the Corinth which Paul visited and evangelised. Its population had been gathered from across the Roman Empire, and so the church established there had a congregation drawn of every colour, nation, culture, religion, language, male and female, rich and poor, slave and free, from all lands around the Mediterranean and beyond. Some commentators reading Paul's letters badge the Corinthian church as a particularly contentious lot. But I don't think they were. It's simply that in one congregation there was more diversity than we could imagine. Just consider what it must have been like for Paul. From his earliest years he'd been taught of the special covenant that God had with the children of Israel one from which the Gentiles had been excluded. But here before his eyes, he saw God graciously reaching out to all. So when at the end of his ministry, Paul wrote to the Philippians, his plea that Christians should be striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, he knew he wasn't asking for a team effort based on the easy rapport of like-minded people. He was expecting as much diversity in the church as we find in the world. When I was a young Christian, I read a lot of books by A.W. Tozer. As an American evangelical, he was a prolific writer of devotional literature in the 1930s, 40s and 50s. Coincidentally, it was at a time when the ecumenical movement was emerging and the World Council of Churches strove to forge unity out of some 350 Christian denominations and orthodoxies. However, at the time, ecumenity met with some scepticism amongst evangelicals and Tozer nailed his colours to the mast, proclaiming, Unity in Christ is not something to be achieved, it's something to be recognised. It's true, isn't it, that at one level Christians are most certainly one. We are born of one spirit, whereby we all cry, Jesus is Lord. But I think toes a sidestep to part of the issue. Moves for Christian unity are usually motivated by Jesus' prayer set out in John 17. It's commonly called Christ's priestly prayer, and he prayed it immediately before his arrest in Gethsemane. According to John 17, Jesus petitioned his Father, I pray that they may all be one. Father, may they be in us just as you are in me and I in you. So far Tozer is correct, isn't he?
This is a unity that God works in us by his grace. And it's for us to thankfully acknowledge the work of God in our hearts. But in his prayer, Jesus also gives a reason for unity. With unity, he foresees an outcome. May they be one, so that the world will believe that you sent me. In this respect at least, Jesus is not confining his prayer to a mystical unity waiting to be confirmed in heaven. This is also a demonstrable unity by which believers working together evidence their faith to this world. And it's this unity that Paul wanted for the Philippians. Thinking of our testimony to the people of Horsham, I'm delighted that our church is an active member of Horsham Churches Together. The fact that Christians come together in Horsham to provide a service such as the food bank is hugely important. When the night shelter began in 2012, I was glad to participate. The primary purpose, of course, was to enable those who were homeless to find food and shelter. But as a bonus, it's especially rewarding working alongside members of other Horsham churches. For two winters, overseeing the night shelter at Brighton Road Baptist Church, it always struck me that to supplement our own volunteers, the Horsham church that supplied more volunteers to work in our night shelter than any other was St John's Roman Catholic Church. It was a wonderful opportunity to share time and pray with good Christian people whom I'd be unlikely to meet otherwise. And for our homeless guests, it didn't matter, of course, whether their breakfast had been cooked by someone weaned on the Heidelberg Catechism of 1563, or by someone who, as a child, had been taught that Mary was bodily assumed into heaven the egg and bacon tasted just as good. So we can rejoice that God has granted us a unity through his spirit, but we should heed Paul's advice to the Philippians and grasp opportunities to work alongside the wider Christian community. To conclude, I reflect on that remarkable church, the Church of Corinth. If Christians were clones, Jesus needn't have prayed for unity. But he did so because God's grace is offered to a world of diversity. Just a sample, a little more diversity than we find in our immediate community. I love visiting the church that my son attends in South London. It's a gloriously mixed fellowship. Just before that first lockdown, I attended one of their baptismal services. There were two candidates professing their faith. The first was a young woman who had a learning disability. Whilst her condition seriously impaired her speech, her simple testimony eloquently demonstrated how God had reached out to her. The second candidate was a middle-aged gay man. He explained how from childhood he'd struggled with his sexuality 
and how through rejection and persecution a lifetime quest to find resolution had failed. Hearing of his burden of self-loathing was harrowing and distressing. Yet finally, he described that moment when he discovered that in Christ, God accepts him as he is, totally. Jesus told us to take up and carry our own cross, but he never told us to place a cross on the back of others. Instead, he commissions us to an inclusive mission, spreading the gospel in a diverse world, so that as one, we may all cry, Jesus is Lord. Paul wrote to the Galatians, It's through faith that all of you are God's children in union with Christ Jesus. You were baptised into union with Christ, and now you are clothed, so to speak, with the life of Christ himself. So there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles, between slaves and free, between men and women. You are all one in union with Christ Jesus.
And so let us pray together in benediction. Please join me by saying together the words in bold when we get to them. Be one so that the world may believe. Abide in God's love. Go into the world and bear the fruits of his love. May the God of hope fill us all with joy and peace in faith so that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so all that remains for me to do is to say thank you for joining us in worship today. I also want to say a huge thank you to David for bringing God's word, to Carol, to Brian and to Clementine for helping us in our service. And finally, may I wish each and every one of you a good and blessed week ahead. Thank you. Yeah.